We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, December third, twenty fifteen. I'm Clay Lank, alongside Jake Latarski. Give Jake a follow on Twitter at jakeski fifty two. I'm at Clay W Link. Uh, give this podcast a, uh, sub- a follow subscription, whatever you call yeah. it, on iTunes. Yeah, go ahead, subscribe. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, give us you a, got it. Uh, rating a review if you would that'd be great uh week week 13 jake it's mm-hmm. crazy that the season has flown by like this uh how, how are you doing in most of your leagues i know some playoffs mm-hmm. start this week are you in any that do uh, begin this week? yeah no playoffs starting right away fortunately uh, i've got one more week here to bolster my seeds in uh, my five leagues three of them i'm in one of them I'm definitely out, and one of them I'm on the fence a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, got some high hopes for the championship season, I guess. Very nice. Yeah, I, you know, have a couple playoff 
seeds locked up, but also one where I'm in second place when I'm eight and four. A lot of teams hanging around, mm-hmm. you know, seven and five. Getting that buy is so huge. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And that's something that unfortunately is out the window in, in the league we're in together mm-hmm. after it took a loss uh, this past week. But yeah, back-to-back tough losses after, yeah. after I scored the most points in the league on you. Yeah, and I think I had second highest. That was a tough mm-hmm. one. It's been – but at least I have a spot and uh, – yeah, that's the thing. The the buy just eliminates that risk of, you know, your, your luck's going to run out eventually in fantasy football. It always does, mm-hmm. you know, a, a one week at least. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, how many teams have gotten this far using, you know, maybe Le'Veon Bell early in the year, using Gronk or, mm-hmm. or, or any of these guys or early on, like Jamal Charles, Keenan Allen, a lot of those teams got off to 4-0, and 5-0 starts, and, and now, you know, Maybe, even if you started eight, no, you could have lost. You know your next six mm-hmm. or something like that, or your next five, and and lose that first round by. Then all of a sudden, you could be one and done after uh, having a stellar start to the year. Mm-hmm. So that's how football goes, man. It, it, your luck's going to go back and forth all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're, if you're that three seed, you're, you're looking at that six seed, saying, "I got this." But it, you know, you're rolling the dice if you don't have that that buy, and hopefully you do. Uh, but for those you know still in it, still active, week thirteen, uh, we've got a great game tonight, Jake. I'm excited about this one, even though it's something where, as a Packers fan, it's been really tough to swallow uh, lately, losing four out of five, of course. And you know, a guy like Devontae Adams, I think, is borderline even rosterable at this point in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, deeper leagues, I'd definitely hold on to him, just given some of the target numbers lately. But uh, should he even? be seeing snaps right now or at least you know double digit targets well I mean he's going to see snaps and he's going to flirt with double digit targets just because of what they've got uh you know of course Ty Montgomery ruled out again I don't know how involved they're going to try to get a guy like Jeff Janis or even Jared Aberderis but you know Randall Cobb James Jones your guys although James Jones got shut out last week on Thanksgiving but uh Devontae Adams after those tough drops last week I mean Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that maybe Maybe holding a grudge isn't the right word, but I could very much see Rodgers hesitant to look his way after all the drops last week. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can blame conditions and all of that last week. Uh, I was at that game at Lambeau, just a terrible, cold, rainy uh, endeavor there. And it should be a, little, a lot better tonight playing in a dome, at least. You would think so. So maybe that'll help things out a little bit. Maybe they could use this to get Adams back on track. But do I feel confident starting a guy like Devontae? Definitely not. I'll start Randall Cobb where I need to because it's Randall Cobb and, and you got Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball but uh Adams I'm definitely hesitant on and of course James Jones after last week uh, I'm very hesitant to, oh, yeah. to throw him out there he's another guy where it's you know that early season success mm-hmm. uh it seemed fluky at the time you know even though it was you know it was back with the Packers you know they have that chemistry back but he really just looks like he's worn down as the season has gone on. He's lost any sort of step, burst in his step that he had, which was mm-hmm. not much to begin with, but no separation. Rodgers was able to fit it into the tight windows before, but that window is not even there anymore. But what do you, how do you feel about Eddie Lacy in this one? I, you know, I'd say I feel pretty good about Eddie Lacy. I think he's he's always a late-season type of guy. Uh, we saw that last year, and I, and I know this year uh, everyone was kind of trying to panic on Lacy early on. And, and, you know, was very hesitant to, uh, you know, should I drop him? Should, what should I do with Eddie Lacy? And, I, you know, I kept saying, kept reinforcing, hang on to him. He's a late-season guy. He'll eventually do it. Then he got hurt again and had a couple bad weeks. Starks took over. But now... If fumbled he, mm-hmm. a couple times. Exactly. Now, he did have that fumble last week, but he really did have a pretty solid game outside of that fumble. Uh, breaking 100 yards, you'd think... You know, I would have thought going into that game, if Lacey ran for more than 100 yards, the Packers will win no problem. But that wasn't the case. But I could very much see Lacey going uh, another 100 yards uh, tonight against the Lions. Yeah. I mean, the Lions just have the 22nd-ranked run defense in the league, giving up 112.5 yards uh, per carry. So if that, or maybe 85 for, for Lacey and 30 for Starks or something like that. But uh, I can see the Packers, uh, when, they, when they were successful on offense Thursday, it was largely in part to Eddie Lacy running the ball well, especially on first and second down to set up second and third and short. And I, I think they'll go back to that strategy and continue to play with Lacy tonight. I, I think that'd be wise to do for sure. And, uh, yeah, you, I think, you know, the podcast, we really were emphasizing, you know, don't drop Eddie Lacy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the last thing you want to do. And sure enough, he, he was the guy there uh, for a little while again, and then he fumbled, but then he was, yeah, he was overall pretty good last week. I think now that the fumbling is an emphasis, you know, and they've, they've surely got to be, mm-hmm. you know, 
He's hey, focused hey, on that. Yeah, like hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be as much of an issue. And it was an issue the past two years, mm-hmm. really, no, with not him at fumbling all. at all. Yeah. So I think I think it'll be fine. I think the Packers are gonna. You know, I don't really expect this offense to. Uh, be anywhere near the level it was last year, or even mm-hmm. earlier in the season. Again, uh, this year, but I think this offense will start to ride the ship a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think the Packers yeah. uh, will end up winning this one. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. kind of thinking the yeah. Lions after winning in Lambeau will take it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Pack. Yeah, the Packers. I mean, are you surprised that they're three point road favorites after losing four out of five? Normally, that doesn't happen, but it's the Packers, and you know, if it they, is surprising, if thing. Vegas gave the Lions points, there would be a lot of money heading the Packers' way this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think. You know, even with the Packers favored, I think, you know, if we were looking at ESPN or NFL Network or something, I think a lot of the, the panelists would probably pick the Lions, just given how bad the Packers have looked. But I think the Packers will uh, get it together. Calvin Johnson, ankle issue, but is expected to play in this one. Uh, anybody on the ground for the Lions that you feel confident about, or is it just a situation that's hands-off, especially now when it's do-or-die fantasy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd have to be in a pretty deep league uh, to consider starting someone like Theo Riddick. It would have to be deep, and it would have to be PPR. Mm-hmm. But I I don't own Amir Abdullah anywhere. I own Joke Bell in one place, but I'm staying away from starting him this week. I just don't have any faith in uh, the, the backfield. Outside of you know Riddick getting six to eight fantasy points, maybe ten in a PPR league, I, I can't really say anything too definitive about that backfield. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Now, you mentioned earlier that uh, – you know, people who had Rob Gronkowski this this season have probably in a great spot for the playoffs, but now that you know Gronk's return uncertain, uh, left in a bit of a tough spot. How do you feel about Eric Ebron in this one? I, I could see starting Eric Ebron. I mean, the Packers do give up uh, quite a few fantasy points to tight ends. Even Zach Miller of the Bears gave him a really rough time uh, last week. So, I mean, Packers giving up what nine point one fantasy points per game in standard formats. I mean, that's uh, you know, far from the from the least, Chiefs give up the worst. The tight ends at three point two, and mm-hmm. the Saints give up the most at twelve point four. Just to kind of give you the range there. So Packers giving up a lot of points to tight ends, especially late lately. I mean, you've had Kyle Rudolph and Zach Miller both go for noticeably big games in back to back weeks. I I do like Stafford to look Ebron's way a lot tonight. Yeah, I I think he's kind of a sneaky good play. I know our own Jeff Erickson kind of disagrees. He has Ebron twenty fifth among tight ends. Uh, on this week's value meter, I, I can see that the, the production hasn't really been there, but I think, yeah, that, that's a kind of uh, Ebron against a couple of line or against a linebacker would probably be a, a matchup the Lions would look to exploit. Uh, but we'll move on. I'm excited about that one, but we have p- several other games to get to. In fact, we're going to run down the rest of the Week 13 slate. Uh, Jets at Giants. Jets favored by a point over under 45. You're surprised that the Jets are, are favored in this one. You know, not in particular, just because, uh, you know, normally you give the home team the points, but, I mean, Jets and Giants, they both mm-hmm. play at the same stadium, so there's really no home field advantage here, even though it's uh, technically a home game for the Giants there. So you start off with the pick yeah, maybe lean towards the Jets a little bit. We'll see if they get Revis back. That'll probably help their case. But uh, I actually really like Ryan Fitzpatrick as a streaming option. I know uh, you might call me out for uh, succumbing to the recency bias at least a little bit after his four-touchdown game uh, last week. But, I mean, the Giants' uh, pass defense, they're getting healthier. So, it, you know, there's some cause for optimism there. But uh, but through the first 12 weeks of the season, Giants dead last in passing yards per game, giving up over 309 yards per contest. So you'd think on paper that this matchup looks pretty good for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, I would think uh, he makes for a strong play for sure because, uh, you know, as good as the Jets' defense really is this year, uh, especially in the passing game, I do expect – Odell Beckham to have a, a fine day. I don't expect a huge day mm-hmm. by any means, but I don't think Darrell Revis, I mean, we've seen with, with DeAndre Hopkins, he's not mm-hmm. uh, unbeatable by any means. Yep. Uh, so I think the Jets are going to have to score to keep up with the Giants, too. Yeah. So I think Fitzpatrick is a strong player. Yeah, just a side note on Revis, of course, he's dealing with a concussion. He oh, was not right. seen at practice on Thursday, <laughs> so and he didn't play last week. So, uh, I mean, it's been 11 days since he actually suffered the concussion, but without returning to practice yet, I'd say he's pretty iffy for the game. If, yeah, you can't assume anything yeah. with concussions. That's true. I mean, if Revis goes down, I'm I'm turning back to Odell Beckham Jr. in all my daily lineups, especially cash games, because I think you know it might be too pricey to not use him this week. That's that's probably true. Yeah, he's uh, if if Revis is out, yeah, he makes for an exceptional play. Really, an outstanding outstanding player. If you're doing a dynasty league, would he be your number one overall pick? 
Odell Beckham? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd say that would be a good strategy. You I know, don't uh, think so. With considering everything that's happened to running backs this year, uh, it, it's really uh, enforcing a strategy, a draft strategy we like to use at Rotowire, the receiver-receiver, a.k.a. punt running back strategy. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, I think in a dynasty league, I mean, if Gronk was healthy, maybe you could make a case depending on how long you can keep someone. Uh, but Odell Beckham's got to be easily a top five player in any dynasty formats, and you can you can surely make a case for number one. Yeah, he's just so athletic; it's unbelievable to watch. Uh, th- those warm up drills he does, of course, you know you've seen those a million times. Slowed down him making outstanding leaping catches. Uh, I just don't think th- that that skill level is going to fall off, and he's still so young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see him declining in terms of his skill set. Uh, ability to separate uh, speed for four or five years at least, mm-hmm. uh, and that's after uh, years of the, of the NFL wear and tear. So uh, he, he's a guy that I would definitely take. I mean, I think Gurley you can make a case as well, number one in dynasty, but I, I think I'd go uh, Beckham. We'll move on. Cardinals at Rams. Cardinals seven point favorites over under forty two and a half. Chris Johnson, of course, out. David Johnson. Uh, I've been kind of pumping him up all year. Uh, on the XM show, they give me some grief about it just because I'm always bringing him up and they kind of roll their eyes. But now he is the man. What are you expecting for, from David Johnson? You know, I'm not expecting some sort of crazy stellar breakout performance because it is the Rams' run defense and they are pretty stout. However, uh, I mean, David Johnson's the guy. I think Bruce Arians, you know, he finally gets to let him out of his cage. And, uh, and Yeah, because he was hesitant too earlier this year just because he's a rookie and he's you know he's he's so hesitant to thrust rookies into uh, huge roles right off the mm-hmm. bat until they they really learn the offense. Yeah, we saw that with Andre Ellington uh, during his mm-hmm. rookie season as well, and of course once he finally got to play a little bit, he uh, he started to really produce. And I think we're going to see a lot with David Johnson. I believe he has I don't know I think he has seven touchdowns this year, maybe four rushing, two receiving, and then one kick return touchdown, something along those lines. So or three receiving. Uh, Four rushing oh, yep, wow. and, a, and a kick return touchdown. So he's been been able to find the end zone without even being the guy or without even playing. Let's see. I mean, week four against the Rams, he played 36 snaps. Week 12, this most recent week against the 49ers, he played 31. And those are his two highest snap count days of the season. So, And he's been in single digits, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five times, back-to-back weeks before last week against the 49ers. So he hasn't really gotten an opportunity, but he's still been able to find the end zone. And I think uh, that's going in his favor. Do you think this may be the week to throw Todd Gurley in all of your daily lineups, just given the recency bias and that maybe some people are fading him at his high price? Maybe you jump at that price? You know, I don't don't necessarily say that he needs to go in all lineups because the Cardinals do have a pretty solid run defense, so it's definitely not a lock. And and you look at the St. Louis Rams and just how they've been kind of sputtering offensively lately. There's not a whole lot to like there, you know, regardless of if it's Nick Foles or Case Keenum or however they want to do it. I mean, it is the Rams' game plan to run the ball pretty heavily, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't know. The matchup isn't great, but I do like the point you bring up because I would use him in a few lineups for sure because his ownership percentage is probably going to be the lower lower this week than it is any week the rest of the season, yeah. and uh, that's when you can really start to take advantage of something like that. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, yeah, this matchup, you're right. Even at home, doesn't look good on paper. I kind of think uh, at least some tournament lineups, but I, I would even throw him in, in some fifty fifties just because, or you know, cash games. Just because I, th- I think he will be fine. You know, th- this is their game plan. Now, Jeff Erickson accurately points out that he is, in his value meter for Week 13, that he is really hurt by their inability to pass the ball whatsoever. I mean, mm-hmm. if they can't get any anything threat, done. Yeah, if so they, they had just, any threat on that end, Gurley could yeah. be so much better. So now but, teams are just, of course, I mean, teams were doing it even early on, but even more so now focusing on stopping the run for St. Louis. And, the, and, and there's only so much you can do when you're facing 8-9 in the box. Yeah, right on, and uh, that's what we're going to see again here on Sunday. Yeah, I kind of think you know it's tough for him. They they need to figure out some sort of uh, you know game plan to get something done through the air because it's too much to ask uh, of young Todd Gurley. Falcons at Buccaneers this is a pick 'em over under forty six. Falcons really in a free fall, and uh, as a Julio Jones owner, I'm hurting right now. I took a tough L in, in the leagues I had him in. This past week and uh, really need a big bounce back here to really make this playoff push uh, and this is a perfect matchup for him uh, at this time are you expecting him to really break out and have one of his 
best games of the season. I don't know if I could say best games of the season. This is really tough with a guy like Julio Jones, especially the way the the Atlanta offense as a whole and Matt Ryan has been playing lately. It hasn't been spectacular. I'm actually, uh, as, as someone who doesn't own Julio Jones in a lot of places, I'm kind of hoping for a down week because uh, I'm playing Rotowire's own James Anderson in, in the league that you're the nice. commissioner of, Clay, and, and of course I'm going against Julio Jones there. So, uh, yeah, it might be tough. But, I mean, at the same time, last time you played Tampa Bay, granted it was a home game, ended up 12 catches for 162 yards and a touchdown. Essentially his best game of the season outside of the week three or week one matchups there. So I think he's poised for a pretty big game. Yeah, I, th- I kind of think, you know, this Falcons offense is really missing Devontae Freeman. That's not going out on any sort of limb at all. It's uh, it's obvious that he was such a driving factor early on in the season. Of course, had that concussion uh, issue right now. He was limited in Wednesday's practice. Uh, he did re- – uh, well, we're awaiting word on, on Thursday, but – he relayed early Wednesday that Freeman, Dan Quinn had relayed early Wednesday that Freeman had received clearance uh, from the concussion protocol to practice in full capacity. Again, limited Wednesday, but it sounds like he's close to returning to full contact. I think that'll be huge for this Falcons offense. Uh, and obviously, if you have Freeman, you're starting him. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that you know getting that, that ground element back in full force will kind of open things up for Julio. Yeah, Freeman, the top-priced running back on DraftKings this week at $8,000, ahead of guys like Todd Gurley, Matt Forte, Adrian Peterson. So uh, I have a hard – I don't know if I have a hard time paying up for him because, of course, if he plays, it's going to be a big game, I would imagine. But uh, it, it's absolutely a situation worth monitoring. I, I don't think – Tevin Coleman is is really safe to start or maybe even own anywhere at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd own him just in case Freeman ends up sitting again, but does, it doesn't really sound like it's going to happen. Uh, but then you could probably go ahead and, and cut bait there. And Jameis Winston came back down to earth last week, but I, I love him in this matchup at home. <clears throat> you, you putting him in any of your daily lineups, or do you maybe think that maybe people are going to jump back on this train I mean, a bit his, too soon. His price seems like it's going to be low enough for people to want to go ahead and use him. So I'm maybe not getting overly aggressive. Uh, I'd probably limit it to tournament lineups. But yeah, Winston, uh, only 5,300 on DraftKings this week behind guys like Ryan Tannehill, Matt Hasselbeck, Marcus Mariota. I mean, I, I'd put him ahead of probably all... Uh, yeah, Tannehill maybe I like a little bit better, but I'd put him ahead of Hasselbeck or Mariota. Just... Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I'm not. I wouldn't use him in a cash game, but I could see using him in a tournament. And uh, really, the, what stands out for me about Winston is if you have him as a one dollar keeper anywhere, I think that's almost a no brainer moving forward because of the weapons he has mm-hmm. and the progress that he's shown up to this point in the National Football League. Yeah, not turning the ball over as much anymore, and that's so good to see. Uh, and he has weapons. You know, Doug Martin's had a really good year running the ball, helping him out in that in that regard. Uh, you know, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson have both missed time, and uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins also hurt. But at the same time, he's uh, he's had at least one of them. It seems like every mm-hmm. game, it's, and Mike Evans and, and Vincent Jackson both stellar. But uh, Mike Evans in particular, really uh, kind of a, a true number one wide mm-hmm. receiver in my eyes. Uh, start your players in this game is all I can really say because I, I feel like this is going to blow past this over under a forty six. Seahawks at Vikings. This one's a pick 'em as well, over under forty two. This is a real interesting game because the Seahawks on a roll. They're over five hundred for the first time this season. Vikings now in the driver's seat in the North. I had James Anderson on the on the show last week. Uh, who he thought wins the North? Do you think the Packers win it, or do you think the Vikings uh, separate and, and really put their stamp on the number one uh, seed? There. I mean, ask me again tomorrow night because I really do think this game for the Packers has quite a bit. Uh, it will give us a very good indication of whether or not they're ready to turn things around or not. It's a, it's an opportunity against a weaker opponent. Granted, it is a road matchup, and but I mean the Lions have been on kind of a roll, and of course they beat the Packers at home. So I guess we'll see. Uh, this game's going to really paint the picture regarding the Packers for me. I actually kind of like the Seahawks in this game. I like the momentum they're on. I like that they showed. Um, a little more balance, you know, generally a run heavy team, but Russell Wilson was able to air it out successfully last week and the Vikings have a very solid defense. So it'll be interesting to see if they can come in and, and score on a defense like that at the same time. I think it's going to very depend, very much depend early on in the game. If the Seahawks jump out to a seven or 14 point lead, uh, then I, then I like them because I don't really have enough confidence in Teddy Bridgewater yet to really bring them back. 
Um, and, but at the same time, Adrian Peterson, the number one running back on Jeff Erickson's value meter this week, I can understand why he's there just based on his usage and everything like that. So, uh, yeah. you know, in season long, uh, just standard formats, I think he's he's absolutely the best back there. So he could have a big game, but that doesn't necessarily mean the Vikings will prevail. Yeah, I think the Vikings definitely going to have a tough time in this one because while the Seahawks have lost Jimmy Graham, he wasn't a, a huge part of that offense anyway, so... Uh, and, yeah, you show that they can really air it out. Uh, Tyler Lockett's starting to emerge as, as an option in the passing game. I, I like them to go into Minnesota and win. And, you know, the Vikings are 8-3, and three, but I kind of do think uh, I kind of do think the Packers are going to reclaim uh, the top spot in the north. You look at the Vikings' remaining schedule there versus Seahawks and at Arizona at home against the Bears. That should be a win. Uh, but then at home against the Giants, that more than likely win. And then at Packers, I, I kind of see them going – Two and three over those five games, mm-hmm. you know that's still ten and six. But at the same time, uh, I think the Packers could could end up uh, winning both head to head and finishing ten and six and being uh, and then obviously having the tiebreaker then and winning the North. But uh, it'll be interesting. I think that's one of the best uh, you know battles we'll see down the stretch in the NFL. Texans at Bills. Bills three point favorites over under forty one and a half. Uh, lowest over under the week. Uh, Vegas really not showing much love here, uh, and, and such. You can infer that uh, not a lot of fantasy production expected out of this one. But anybody, any value you're trying to squeeze out of this game? I mean, I think I'm going to take my chances with the Sammy Watkins seesaw. It seems like awesome week, terrible week, awesome week, terrible week. Uh, I think I'll go ahead and toss him out there. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins has got to go. Um, I'm actually I had you I picked up Alfred Blue in a lot of places, but I'm probably going to sit him this week against the Bills defense. Uh, and then on the Bills side, I mean, I guess you got to like Lashawn McCoy. He's been on quite a, quite a bit of a run lately there. So you know you, you're regular guys, but I'm not going out of my way to really use anybody in this matchup. Yeah, I'm trying to dig deep and, and find some value. And again, we talked about Gronk owners who maybe missed out on Scott Chandler or something uh, in Fab. Former really Buffalo scrambling. Bill Scott yeah. Chandler. Good point. Uh, definitely. What about current Buffalo Bill, Charles Clay? He was a guy I, I kind of relied on in a pinch early in the season. He came through a couple times. Uh, but in this matchup, would, would you go uh, that route? I mean, I, I know you love the guy because he's your namesake <laughs> there, but uh, the Texans really uh, have done a pretty good job of stopping tight ends this year, giving up just five and a half point fantasy points per game, two tight ends in standard formats. So that's something that you got to watch and maybe be cognizant of. I mean, I would almost look towards guys like, well, of course, Chandler is the top tight end pickup this week, but you know, you maybe even looking at guys. Uh, you, I want to say like Vance McDonald, Luke Wilson, even mm. Zach Miller, if Bennett's out. I'd say I'd put Clay ahead of those guys, but not by not by a whole lot. The matchup isn't the greatest, and I, I I don't know if I have as much faith in Tyrod Taylor as I did earlier in the season. Yeah, and they just don't pass it. They don't have to pass it much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see Clay get more back, more involved. Uh, not because he's my namesake, but just because they kind of had. Uh, pretty nice thing going early on, Tyrod and, and Charles mm-hmm. Clay. I uh, really thought that would be a potent combo, but it just hasn't been uh, there late in the season or consistent at yeah. any time. Teams just adapt quick in the National yeah. Football League. That's <clears> how it goes. <throat> you mentioned Vance McDonald. Jeff Erickson uh, of the 49ers, of course, with, with Garrett, Garrett Selleck hurt, he's, he's stepped up. Uh, Jeff Erickson seems pretty high on him, ninth overall uh, among tight ends on the value meter this week. Uh, pretty high praise, so th- that may be the top fallback if you miss out on, on Chandler this mm-hmm. week. At least someone that should be pretty readily available. I know Eric and I discussed him in our podcast last week, but uh, in the last two weeks, 65 and 71 yards, a touchdown in each. Uh, yeah, with Selleck out, he could flirt with double-digit targets there in San Francisco. Now, <clears throat> even worse than the Taylor argument I made, I guess this guy's got Blaine Gabbert throwing in the ball, so who knows there, but... You know, with those second-team quarterbacks, you oftentimes get guys that, you know, really have their favorites. So there's a couple guys that have they have chemistry with, and, and McDonald seems to be one of them with Blaine Gabbard. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, not a, a name I expected to be re- relevant at any point, but you got to give him credit. And, yeah, there does seem to be chemistry there. Uh, a nice, you know, kind of underneath, I don't want to call him check down, really, but that's kind of what he is, uh, and that, that helps uh, – uh, the 49ers offense quite a bit because 
otherwise fantasy wasteland. But uh, Sean Drone has actually been all right. I mean, as far as how he's looked, uh, I think he can catch the ball a little bit. Uh, but there's it's it's just tough sledding on this <clears throat> this offense. Mm-hmm. We'll move on here. Uh, Ravens at Dolphins. Dolphins three and a half point favorites. Over under forty three. Ravens defense, or I'm sorry, Miami defense. Something you're the uh, defense you're using in pretty much all of your daily lineups this week. Yeah, there's a lot to like on this whole Dolphins team. Actually, I've got uh, big time hopes for Jarvis Landry to come through, get some receptions. Uh, we're watching the status of Rashard Matthews to see if Devontae Parker becomes a viable play. But out of everybody on that team, Tannehill, Miller, anyone, I really do like the Dolphins' defense this week. I'd say they're available in a lot of places, available in almost three-fourths of leagues the last time I checked. So um, that's a good sign to start with. And, yeah, the Ravens scored a lot of points on Monday night against the Browns, but two of those were defensive touchdowns, Mm -hmm. so the the performance wasn't as great as you think it was from an offensive standpoint. And Matt Schaub's a threat to throw a pick six every time he takes the field. So uh, I mean, he he is amazing. It's, It's incredible. It's a skill. Yeah, his ability to throw pick sixes—it's—it's it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah, I, I just—it's—I—I I can't really explain it. I mean, maybe just some bad decision making. Maybe you know, cornerbacks know that they're going to have a couple opportunities per game to jump a route, staring down guys. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but the, the whole thing—I mean, uh, I, the Ravens have been bringing in uh, quarterbacks for workouts. I think I saw maybe they brought in Mallet for a workout. So it, I just whatever they're using the rest of the year. It's just an offense that's been completely depleted by injuries. And, of course, Harbaugh's going to have the Ravens playing hard and motivated, but I just don't think that they have the talent on offense to go on the road and put up a significant amount of points against the Dolphins' defense that has shown uh, noted improvement over the course of the season. Yeah, I think the Dolphins' defense is going to kind of dominate this game, then they're just going to run it, you know, play conservative on offense and really just hammer it down their throats and, and play good defense. And any, anybody going against Matt Schaub is, is somebody uh, I, I want to target, so I'm going to use this defense. i try to grab him in any season long, but definitely in daily. Uh, maybe you fade him in big tournaments where you want to uh, really separate yourself just because of the high ownership, but I, I definitely like them as a safe, safe play this week. Uh, Bengals at Browns. Bengals 10.5-point favorites. Over under forty three and a half. Austin Davis era in full effect here. Uh, second biggest favorites the Bengals are of the week, only to New England here. Tyler Eifert missed today's practice, second straight day out of action. Uh, especially with Gronk hurt, this is a tough blow. Tight end pool is it's thinned out. Uh, you know, where do you think the Bengals? Where do you think that production, those targets? Uh, if Eifert does indeed sit, uh, go in this Bengals offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, A.J. Green's going to get his 10 to 12 targets almost guaranteed. And then you kind of look down the packing order from there. I think Marvin Jones could see a couple of those looks. That's, of course, given if Eifert sits. And, you know, maybe I even like Gio Bernard to get a few extra looks out of the backfield and on some of those short type of passes there so I still think Andy Dalton will have a pretty big game this might be an actual week where I would consider starting a guy like Jeremy Hill who's been pretty disappointed in this season because of course the Browns have just a horrific run defense have been not only battered by injuries but the team just doesn't look motivated they can't seem to tackle after getting you know I got a I covered the Browns but I got a really good look in depth on a Monday night and it pretty much confirmed all of my, you know, hunches or premonitions about what this Browns team actually is. And, mm-hmm. yeah, there's little doubt at this point that uh, that they're going to get torn up at home. I, I just can't see oh, any yeah. way the Browns win. Austin Davis, I mean, he's got experience, but it's Austin Davis. He doesn't have – I don't I don't know if he has a receiver over six feet tall to target. I guess Barnage is their guy. So, uh, And the receiving core has also been banged up. So I just – there's very little to like in the Browns this week uh, unless you, you, you need some sort of desperation home run to make your money back in Vegas and are hoping <laughs> for a miracle. I, I just – there's nobody on the Browns team – Maybe Benjamin hoping for garbage points. Of course, Barnage is, especially in a tough tight end week. You gotta you gotta start Barnage again. You gotta but, start Barnage. But, yeah, I was gonna say he's he's a guy that you know the, the QB injury there that hurts. He's one of the guys affected more than anybody. And with the the weak tight end pool, uh, I do think you start him at season long, but daily I don't feel good about him here. Yeah, there's a little bit too much uncertainty to, to uh, go with him in daily, especially because his price tag is going to be based on his production with McCown and Manziel, guys that he's a lot more comfortable with or has, has at least seen more reps with. I can, it's hard to yeah. judge you know, how comfortable somebody is. But, uh, yeah, so daily, I think you hit that right on the head, Clay. Uh, daily I might stay away, but season long, 
just considering the player pool, I, <laughs> I, I'd probably throw him out there. Yeah, he's probably better, a better player, better option uh, than anybody else you have. Better player, more more than likely. And I think you know, in those situations, you go with the better player, even if the matchup is is mm-hmm. scary. Duke Johnson, any hope that he will be a guy that maybe next year, uh, maybe dynasty leagues, a guy to hold on to? I mean. I'm optimistic about Duke Johnson's NFL career. I think he can be a decent PPR back, at least from a fantasy perspective. And, you know, he he should, I mean, running back shelf life is short, but I can see him playing a few more years in the league. But on this team and given this situation, um, especially considering that there's a very good chance the Browns will have a brand new starting quarterback this year. Maybe they'll go after a guy like Baker Mayfield or someone in the draft. Uh, you know, they might, they'll, they'll pretty much have one of their first choices the way the rest of the season is expected to play out here if they want it. So, you know, I just I can't keep Duke Johnson because of the uncertainty and just the overall inconsistency there. You know, they, mm-hmm. There's a good chance they could have another coach next year too, and you just don't know. That's a mess in keeper leagues. I mean, if you're in one of those keeper leagues where you keep almost your entire roster, nine, ten guys, then maybe. But if you've got to pick two or three keepers to keep from, he's way, way mm-hmm. out of out of my top 30 keeper candidates. Yeah, I'm with you because while he could be a, an all right player, you know, I'm not, I'm kind of – uh, well, I'm certainly not pessimistic about his career. I feel like he'll be fine, but I don't really ever see him being, you know, a first or second round pick in fantasy. I mean, maybe second eventually, but uh, you know, in the dynasty league where you keep only three guys, you want to keep the elite guys. I mean, he's not somebody that I really think will ever be a a huge factor, especially uh, next year. And, and you know, I I think you, you got to put so much emphasis in the dynasty keeper league on the next year. Because you look long term in the NFL, so much can change in two years that, uh, especially at the running back position, yeah, exactly. that's one of the most volatile you're going to find. One one major injury, and maybe they're just never right. They miss an entire season. Uh, you just don't, you know, not worth taking that risk. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 13, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1 million going to first place and a total of $4 million up for grabs. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Jaguars at Titans. Titans two-and-a-half-point favorites. Over under forty three and a half. Now Alan Hearns uh, had that great touchdown stretch for seven consecutive weeks, but then carted off Sunday has that concussion uh, status up in the air, looking iffy right now. If he were to sit, Marquise Lee maybe next man up. Do you think he would be a guy that uh, be he could throw into a tournament lineup and uh, maybe take a role with one one lineup? I don't know. Here's how I here's how I'd handle the Marquise Lee situation here. First of all, you got to look at his last three weeks. He's got six targets. He even had five targets one week, but he's only caught two passes over that span, so there's not a whole lot to go off of. I remember coming out of college, I believe out of USC, I was pretty optimistic about him, especially uh, in the slot and, and, and in PPR formats, you know, kind of six feet, 200 pounds for your stereotypical slot receiver. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've been encouraged by the play of Blake Bortles if he just can learn how to stay behind the line of the scrimmage when he's chucking touchdowns. Uh, that might help his case a little bit there. Uh, but here's how I'd handle Marcus Lee. I don't think I start him in a, in a tournament even or start him. Obviously, don't start him in your season-long league this year. But if you're in a deeper league, I think he's worth rostering. He's somebody that Eric and I didn't really mention on our waiver wire podcast Tuesday. But the more I thought about it, especially if Hearns, who looks like he had a pretty severe concussion, I mean, he was carted off yeah. the field. So, uh, you know, if Hearns has to face a multi-week absence and Lee gets some opportunities, I could very much see uh, – you know, maybe Lee getting some action here towards the end. And, you know, if you're in a 14, 16 teamer with three wide receivers and, and you're going real deep in the player pool, there could be some utility or some situations where you'd think about starting him down the stretch. I mean, the last four weeks, the Jaguars have Indianapolis, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Houston. So it's a pretty favorable schedule. There's some upside, of course, if it doesn't work out and he's given an opportunity and he only catches one ball on two targets, you can go ahead and drop him. No harm, no foul. But I think he could be worth a stash at this point in the season. Yeah, I'm with you. As a stash, you know, you take a flyer there. Now, TJ Yeldon's a guy that I've been waiting for to get going for all season long, really. Mm-hmm. And I said last week uh, that if if it didn't happen last week, it probably wasn't going to happen at all this season because it was a good matchup. Now he has a really tough matchup at, on the road against the Titans. Titans along the third fewest 
points to opposing running backs in uh, standard leagues. Only, only more than the Seahawks and the Steelers. So really doing well against the run. Do you think Yeldon is a, a risky play in, in season long? Yeah, I could see him being a risky play. Now I'm kind of a long shot uh, to make the playoffs in, in one of the leagues here, and I've got to make a TJ Yeldon or Ronnie Hillman decision this <laughs> week. And the Denver backfield is one of the most difficult to figure out. But I have Yeldon in there now. But you know, the more I think about it, especially after consulting Jeff's weekly uh, value meter here. Uh, Hillman ranks significantly higher, and I can see why considering the matchups. So I might have to go ahead and make the switch there. Yeah, I like Hillman, but, you know, I really think C.J. Anderson, he looked exceptional last week mm-hmm. in that game against New England. He looked great. Now, I mean, Hillman has looked good as well, but I kind of think Anderson is starting to separate himself. Uh, I mean, they'll still split time, but I kind of see uh, Yeldon, or I'm sorry, C.J. Anderson carrying the, the heavier load there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I can see what you mean. I, I remember a headline on a Rotowire earlier this week is C.J. Anderson this year is C.J. Anderson. Yep. And that's basically putting it uh, how it was with C.J. Anderson being such a breakout candidate. I think there might be some room for both, especially uh, you know when you're comparing Hillman against a guy like Yeldon. Uh, there could be some room for both just because uh, Kubiak's offense, Osweiler finally gets to play the offense that Kubiak wanted all along. Mm-hmm. There'll be plenty of zone stretch type plays and uh, they'll be able to get it done uh, that way. And there could be room for both. Yeah, and you know, Hillman's so fast. I could he's always the threat to break one, you know, at any point. If he, even if he gets out touched maybe fifteen to ten or something like that, mm-hmm. he could still take any of those ten to the house, especially in this good matchup on the road, but I mean this is basically gonna be a home game for Denver. Uh, it's amazing in San Diego the fans there. Uh it's pretty much a road game anytime they're at home. It, it's amazing. We pretty much have sixteen road games. Uh, I, I think in this matchup, I'd go Hillman in that scenario, him versus Yeldon. Uh, just to given the matchup, I just don't see Yeldon being able to get much done. He hasn't hasn't proven anything so far this year. 49ers at Bears. Bears favored by eight in this one, over under 43.5. Mentioned Sean Drones look pretty pretty decent, and this is a decent matchup for him given you know expected workload especially. Uh, somebody that that you're targeting maybe a, as a pickup if he if he's still lingering in shallower leagues. Yeah, I like drone uh, as a pickup. Yeah, exactly. You hit it right on the head if he's uh, lingering in shallower leagues. He's also just four thousand dollars on DraftKings this week, so I can very much see that being a pretty useful matchup there. Uh, you know, if the weather's bad at all in Chicago, then you might have uh, a, you know you might have a chance to get get in on a run heavy game and uh, Bears kind of right in the middle of the pack giving up 16.9 points per game to opposing running backs so not not terrible but not great either and I think uh, I, I think you got to go with him because he seems like the guy who's going to be getting all the touches yeah I, I'm with you I think you know ideally you're, you're not starting him but if you have to uh, you, you're, you could do a lot worse Martellus Bennett full practice Wednesday that's uh, Got to be music to the ears of his owners, especially, again, in the tough tight end week. Uh, looks like he will be back at that rib injury. Moving on, Chiefs at Raiders. Now, Jake, this is, on paper, doesn't look like a great matchup for Derek Carr, but uh, do you feel feel differently about him than most people? Yeah, a little bit. I can't, I mean, the Chiefs' pass defense has improved mightily since uh, the first few weeks of the season, so a lot of people might be shying away. But... You know, I do like Derek Carr. Not enough to start him over a guy like Aaron Rodgers in uh, in a league where I actually do have that dilemma on a week-to-week basis, something that I never thought would be a dilemma in the first place. But, uh, yeah, Kansas City is sending to the 11th best pass defense, but the Raiders, home game, I think there might be a lot more points scored in this game than the 44 over-under suggests. And, and leagues that I have to use Derek Carr in, I'm not necessarily feeling too bad about it. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I think... You know, the Raiders are kind of up against the wall. You know, they had some success early on, but things have really slipped. I think at home, they're going to be motivated to come out and play well. I think, uh, and, and air it out, you know, take some chances, take some risks because it's it's do or die at this point. Now, for the Chiefs, Sarkandrick West does look poised to return to action. He was able to practice on Wednesday, uh, full participant. Uh, but according to the Kansas City Star, Spencer Ware is expected to retain a role in the backfield in week 13 how do you expect this workload to be divvied up i mean with the way where's played 
I have you have to give him some carries. You know, he scored more touchdowns in West than the time that they've been around. Uh, you know, it could very well be like a Hillman CJ Anderson split. And mm-hmm. For that reason, I'm probably staying away from this matchup just because I don't know where it's going to go. It'll be it'll be essentially a coin toss as to who's going to get the touchdown mm-hmm. on the given week, and and that's just a little bit too risky for me heading into fantasy playoffs. So I'm exploring other options a little bit here, and I mean. Raiders, it's not like they have a. It's a really obvious matchup. I mean, I think they're top ten in fantasy points allowed, seventeen point seven points a game. So I guess near the uh, kind of near the target or the green light matchup, I guess you could say. But I I don't know when it's split between two guys and and it's the Chiefs. I'm probably backing off. Yeah, me too. I I just think you're rolling the dice too much. I think it'd be hard to justify starting where. Uh, or, or West really coming off the injury, especially uh, in a in a big week where you really need to win. I just think there's more than likely other better options out there. You should have better options uh, if you're competing for a playoff spot. Uh, it's just something where you know the, the running back position. You know these guys. This matchup does look good for them, even in Oakland. But I just don't know how it's going to be split up. Plus, they're going to be uh, getting it done through the air, I think. I think Travis Kelsey's a strong play. I also think you're starting Macklin after last week for sure in season long. Mm-hmm. But in daily, you may be going back to the well or, or fading him this week. I, I just think that that might be suffering a little bit too much from the recency bias. So, you know, we talk about that all the time. But after the huge game last week, his ownership's going to be up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have a tough time repeating that. Nonetheless, he's my my flex spot in uh, every season long where I have him, and I'm hoping for another big week, especially in those leagues where i got to wrap up playoff spots or improve my seed. Absolutely. Panthers at Saints. I'm excited for this one. This will be interesting. Uh, Panthers 7.5-point favorites going into the Dome. Over-under 50. Highest over-under the week. Uh, I do expect a lot of points to be scored. I don't think the Saints are going to be able to stop. Uh, Cam Newton at all, and I, I think the the Saints will have some success as well. Uh, but are you paying up for Cam this uh, this week? I mean, he's he's been so good throughout the year, but uh, I think people are going to be all over him in most most daily leagues. Yeah, you know what? And rightfully so. I mean, he's the second highest priced quarterback uh, on DraftKings this week at seventy four hundred. I I mean, I can see why he's he's priced that highly, but I can also uh, I don't have the log in front of me. I would guess that this is the highest he's been priced all season after that game last week against the Cowboys, which I mean, I guess wasn't you know knock your socks off spectacular, but it was still pretty solid. I just think that the fact that Carolina's playing at New Orleans, New Orleans always seems to be come ready to play at home, and for that reason, I think New Orleans might score enough points to stay in this game. I'm still betting on the Panthers to stay undefeated. But to do that, they might have to score 31, 34 points. And if that's the case, then Cam Newton's going to be in for a huge day. I've got that one Cam Newton slash Carson Palmer league. I should have traded one of those guys when I had the chance, I guess, uh, and stuck with Newton because someone could have used Palmer, I'm sure. But I'm using Newton in that league. And, you know, the, I ended up with Newton in three leagues this year, one of my better one of my better fantasy moves this year. And uh, I'm going to ride that train this week uh, and probably use him in some daily lineups. I'd probably stack Newton and Olsen this week. Yeah. You know, I feel so bad about one of the decisions I made early in the year. Just, just disrespectful. Week one, starting Sam Bradford over Cam Newton, mm-hmm. like that. Was, uh, I mean, I have to live with that one. Just look myself in the mirror. But uh, Cam is really, really outstanding. Really kind of uh, thrusting himself in the MVP discussion. I still give it to Brady, but I mean, he's he's been outstanding, and you just can't undervalue. You know his worth to this organization, yeah. this franchise. Mm-hmm. But Ben Watson on the New Orleans side, I think, makes for a great tight end plug and play fill in. If mm-hmm. he's still available, I, th- I feel like he's probably picked up uh, in most competitive leagues. Uh, seeing a lot of looks, and you know Willie Sneed mispractice Thursday. I, I mean, that's a, mm-hmm. some additional targets opening up. Uh, you, I, you can get Watson for forty four hundred on DraftKings yeah, as exactly. well. Of course, uh, with Gronk not being an option, you're going to have to go down the tight end list uh, for your daily lineups. And yeah, I could see it very much. I mean, Carolina has a stout defense, but uh, the way the Saints play at home, that gives me enough faith. Yeah, and, and Drew Brees sings the guy's praises. Really likes him. I, I think he's really kind of leaned on him to be a reliable option in the passing game in a, in a season that's been pretty volatile for them. Eagles at Patriots. Patriots big favorites, eleven points. Over under forty nine and a half. Uh, we've mentioned Scott Chandler on the show. Uh, you know, I, I do expect him to be pretty heavily involved, but 
who else in this Patriots passing attack do you think is, is going to step up? I mean, the only safe bet from a fantasy standpoint is Brandon LaFell. You look down the depth chart, if Danny Amendola, who is, uh, looks like he's going to leading towards a questionable status this week, will watch the rest of his practice participation. But after that, you go to guys like Kashawn Martin and Matthew Slater. None of those guys I'd start in season long. At the very best-case scenario, uh, if Amendola is out, I'd consider uh, Martin in a uh, daily format just because he seems to be like the the slot performer and and more so on DraftKings just because of the PPR format but other than that uh, I mean I still think the Patriots will cover the the Eagles have been pretty sad this year and and I don't, I don't see any indication to think that the Patriots will stop rolling yeah and Amendola limited at practice Wednesday but per ESPN.com quote looked sudden in his cuts so I mean that's a positive report Colts at Steelers Big Ben symptom free uh, you feel good about him and this passing attack. What about Marcus Wheaton? You picking him up anywhere? You know, I, I didn't pick up Marcus Wheaton. I think uh, I think the last week it was mostly because of the way it was Big Ben taking what the defense was giving to mm-hmm. him. And I know Big Ben and the Steelers organization had a lot of faith in Marcus Wheaton uh, preseason, but it was the same before last year. And I think too many people are going to be hit with that big stat line looking over the box scores, and they're going to put him in there, and they might be a little bit disappointed this week. Yeah, I could see that. Now, Cowboys at Redskins. Redskins favored by four and a half here. Des Bryant. I mean, this is a second straight Monday night stinker. But you think Des Bryant? Uh, you know, people on Monday looking for a Monday night miracle. Maybe somebody that uh, maybe finally steps up and has, has a big game. Yeah, I'm going to use Des Bryant more or less because I have to in a three wide receiver league, and I wouldn't take him out for a guy like. Travis Benjamin or no. Devontae Parker, or even Doug Baldwin with the big week he had last week. So I'm keeping Bryant in in the one league that I have him uh, and hoping that you know they can, he can still salvage part of his fantasy season without Romo around because uh, I will be making the playoffs in my Des Bryant league somehow miraculously. Wow, nice. So, uh, you know, thanks to guys like Cam Newton and Todd Gurley and Mark Ingram and, uh, you know, the, the, I'm not going to go down the whole roster, but that's pretty much been it there. So, uh, Fortunately, uh, you know, I've gotten there, and who knows what happens. Uh, so I've got my fingers yeah. crossed for Brian. I, I can't see any reason why you'd sit him, even with whatever quarterback they toss out there. I can see some scenarios where you are, you know, if you're really doing well for yourself, have a ton of good wide receiver options. He's really like a wide receiver three now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so. Yeah, that's realistic. I mean, you could, I mean, I think he's a wide receiver three with wide receiver one upside, certainly, but I think on a week-to-week basis, you can't count on him for much more than a uh, wide receiver three, but best of luck guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Hope you get by. If you have a, a playoff matchup this week, I hope to have you with us again uh, when we rejoin you. Thank you for listening to the Roadwire fantasy football podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also check out Rotowire free for 10 days, by going to rotowire.com slash pod for Jake Latarski. I'm Clay Link. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return on Friday. with the helpful hardware folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.